Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Can't Teach Size, a hockey podcast. I'm one of your regular hosts, Liz, joined by my fantastic friend and colleague, Brady. And we are here today to talk a little bit about the summer of the NHL so far. A couple of things that have happened, particularly in the last week and a half with the draft and free agency all falling into the last little stretch. Very busy time for people whose lives revolve around hockey, especially on July 1st. Man, oh man, my head was darting back and forth every five seconds. Deals, deals, deals everywhere. Um, Lots of chaos on draft day as well. Not enough trades, in my opinion, but, you know, uh, lots of stuff to talk about nonetheless with a stacked draft and players inevitably falling or bumping up in the lineup or whatever you want to call it. So we're going to talk about all that today. We're also going to probably do a little puck doku together because, you know, there's nothing more fun than games that take (laughs) away from your regular social life. Um, But yeah, before we get started, Brady, how are you doing today? Oh, man. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little I'm I'm kind of in one right now. Uh, In the past two nights, I've been to two different bachelor parties. Uh, So I'm feeling great on this wonderful Saturday morning. Um, yesterday we were at the bomber game and we were all dressed up in matching fits right on the sidelines. You guys were on TV a couple times. Were we? <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It was a very funny thing. And that one was not like a one, like it was my, one of my dad's friends actually was getting married. And so I wasn't even supposed to go. And then they're like, we have an extra ticket and an extra outfit. So you want to come? I'm like, fuck yeah, of course I do. That sounds sick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I'm, I'm surprised I have a voice today. We were all just sitting there heckling the uh, Stampeders on the side. And luckily, the, the I almost said the Jets, the Bombers, came out <laughs> on top, as they usually do. Because we have so the, best, the best CFL team here, by far. So true. Yourself? Absolutely. <laughs> I did not go to the Bomber game last night. Um, but I went to Dev Camp this week for the Jets a couple times, which was really fun. Uh, a couple of stretches on... Wednesday and, and Friday and then today is a scrimmage but we were doing this instead and I'm having my birthday party tonight because I've never really had like a birthday party and I've decided that this year is the year that I'm gonna have a birthday party um and it's Taylor Swift themed so all my friends have to wear Era's outfits to their parties tonight Brady decided that one of his other friends matters hey. more than me <laughs> to him. Hey, I already made these plans I'm sorry I would have shown up and I would have killed it and honestly I'm just letting you know I didn't want to embarrass everyone else at the party and steal like the 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 you know steal the spotlight because I would have came and just destroyed everyone with my fit so what would your fit have been uh hey like I in case you do this in like a year or two like I, I don't want to spoil it I just want to keep it you know <laughs> under wraps okay. I you know it's it's too good to just give away for free on the podcast here um everyone say happy birthday Liz also <laughs> uh yes it's gonna be a ton of fun I'm looking forward to it the fact I sent out the calendar invites in May and Brady already had plans so I actually respect the hell out of that because that's a very me thing to do um I booked my birthday party on this weekend because it was my this is in May it was my only free weekend of the summer so I was like gotta do it so and um and you know me like booking for in the future is not something oh my god I no do. so absolutely if, not so <laughs> the fact that i had something on this weekend means i was told very very early that i had to every time weekend. brady's like do you have time to do something this week my i look at him with like my hands shaking i'm like no i filled my calendar up you need to give me more time than that so isn't that we great? are very different <laughs> isn't that great to have this partnership of someone who over plans and and someone who's just like yeah i don't know i think i have a couple things this week i don't know i haven't i can't remember but i'll, I'll remember the, the day before like, no literally yeah it's quite <laughs> the partnership but it works nonetheless let's get into talking a little bit about hockey so maybe we'll go and 
somewhat of a chronological order. We'll start um, dev camp this week. Like I mentioned, I went to the Jets, saw a couple of things um, with some other players, liked a couple of things I saw, wasn't so keen on others. Um, pretty small dev camp for the Jets this year. Not as many players as previous years because they haven't had as many picks in the last little bit while they've been in a semi-winning-ish window. Um, but uh, yeah, other teams in the NHL, all 31 other teams are operating some form of dev camp around a similar time as well, I believe. Uh, so we've been hearing a lot about different teams and some of the young players that have had good showings at camp. Uh, Adam Fantilli, most notably, I feel like I've seen a ton yeah. about him just lighting it up in Columbus, which is very cool. Um, but this all came right after the NHL draft, which happened for some of the teams like three days before their dev camp started. Like some yeah. of them are pretty close. Um, so yeah, kids flew over from Europe or from Canada to to Nashville to get drafted, and they stuck around and full steam ahead, I guess, for some of those kids. So um, Brady. Early thoughts on the draft, and you know, I, I understand that you watched it and you had some thoughts, I'm sure, on, on some of the picks and whatnot. Uh, right off the bat, what did you like about the NHL draft this year? What didn't you like? Who did you like? Who didn't you like? In Give a, me your thoughts on all of it. In a very broad sense, like I will say that this was a pretty entertaining draft in the sense of like a lot of things didn't go in quotes according to plan. Obviously, we didn't get the Uri Slavkovsky going above Shane Wright for the first overall thing. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen with Connor Bedard at number nah. one. But we got it right after, you know, Leo Carlson going ahead Facts. of Adam Fantilli, which is uh, honestly like I, I, I'm not going to criticize the pick at all. I because I think that Leo Carlson is also fantastic. He's a stud, um, yeah. And I think that that the Ducks kind of just saw him as like, oh, this guy could be our next Getzlav kind of guy, um, and kind of fits that archetype a little bit more. Uh, I don't think that you should draft on archetype, but I at least understand it. Uh, but hey, <laughs> Yarmo Kekalainen, like busted it like i've never seen a guy get up quicker to go to make his pick like he was so happy to get fantelli and uh as you said with all the draft uh like footage we've seen or sorry the dev camp stuff like it seems like columbus is just so happy to have adam fantelli um well freaking i am so high on the columbus blue jackets prospect pool like him, Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger. Yeah, shut up, shut up. <laughs> um, and now having Adam Fantilli's BFF, Gavin Brindley's there. Yegor Chinakov is still a freaking beauty. Like, they, I, I am so obsessed with them. Like, oh they've my got, God. They've got some guys coming up. They've got some guys coming up. Because it's not like, like some teams have like a ton of like good players. They have like an absurd amount of great players. Like under the age of like 22, they have like four or five studs like absolute studs i would maybe put that down to like two or three but i i get what you're saying i get what you're saying i like i would say okay. fantilli yeah. and johnson i'm like those guys are for sure studs in my opinion yeah okay the others That's i'm fair. like they're gonna be good they're gonna be you know they're gonna be uh yeah. very yeah. important players but sorry not yeah. to not to throw water on on your on your fire whatever <laughs> um but yeah i mean that then that then the craziness didn't even stop there too with the, obviously mitchkov falling uh you know will smith going at fourth is not a surprise at all um no. but then we get our first big surprise david reinbacher oh sorry or da sorry david or david uh, 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 <laughs> 
not to make fun of Carrie Price, but also to make fun of Carrie Price. Also, you got it, dude. It's one name. Come on, like it's three syllables. You can do it, girly. It and sounds I like understand. Redenbacher, just like uh, Orville Red. Like, just remember the popcorn. Just or, think. It sounds like that. linebacker with an R. Wow, like you, you, you uh, incredible mind. <laughs> thank you. I know it's crazy um but no it's the kind of thing where it's like i understand like if you're not like a big public speaking person whatever like sometimes your mind just like blanks i totally understand that but if you know that you're that type of person like girl bring up a little piece of paper with the name on it or something because like poor david reinbacker like it's like i I literally was watching like i I was filming all my reactions to the first round picks and i was and he's like from whatever league he's from in europe whatever it's like david and i was like and i i was shocked too because i didn't think they were going to take him i was like Rhinebacker? I was I, like, what are we doing here? I had heard, I had at least seen stuff that they were probably going to take him, which is crazy considering, like, obviously it all depended on where, if Mitchkov went for, like, you know, in the top four and then someone else of, of those top five guys totally. would have dropped. But damn, like, even, that's, that's a wild pick to make, in my opinion, because it's like, you know, I, I get it. I understand. They're like, okay, we need to, you know, get some defensemen, and he's the top defenseman in the draft. And at the same time, I look at it and I go, they still got the top defenseman in the draft, so like they'll they'll be fine. But they had the opportunity to draft, you know, a, a potential like insanely high skilled player, like potentially one of the. I've seen people even say that he could be even like has potentially higher like ceiling than Bedard does, which is crazy. It's not likely, but they said ceiling wise, like obviously Bedard is, you know definitely going to be very 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 good but i've seen things being like mitchkov could be as good if not better it's just a lot more risk there and obviously you know Connor bedard has been has so much more hype around him and it may, like no one i'm not no one would ever say they should that no mitchkov but i understand what first. you're saying in the sense where it's like it's not as egregious of a pick as some people are acting like it is yeah but then we can move on to the egregious pick <laughs> the arizona coyotes what what yeah what do they do it's, like it's giving david reinbacker an announcement because you just don't know what to say like i here's the thing here's the thing i with the reinbacker one i can at least go i can i can rationalize it it makes sense in certain ways it, i i don't agree with it but i can rationalize it yeah. i don't understand taking dmitry simashev and i'm also going to very obviously put a disclaimer here i'm not the biggest prospect guy but, you know, I do a little bit of research. I do a little bit before the draft because I enjoy the draft. But it's like... Well, and also, when your team is picking at 17th overall, you look at some of the players that are going to be drafted around 17th overall, and some people are like, oh, they could reach and take Dmitry Simashev. No, no, no. He's going at number six. The The biggest thing, it's not even like, oh, we might have been able to get him later. The biggest thing for me is you have a team in Washington who very obviously wants to get Mitchkov because he's a Russian. You know, they've already got Ovi. It makes sense for for Washington and Washington fans to all be like, Mitchkov is the guy we want. Uh, so, like, again, I, I'm, I'm not saying that they had to work out some incredible deal or anything like that. But come on, Coyotes. You could, you even just dropping back two picks and you know taking Simashev at eight like I don't think like there was still Mitchkov was gonna go I'm sure if he went at six with like you know if you trade your if you trade down with like the caps and you get the eighth pick I am so beyond confident that Simashev would have been there uh at number eight so it's like what you couldn't work something out like even even if they won't give you much if they were if they would give you like a third or a fourth or whatever 
still, you can recoup more assets and still get the players that you want. Like, it's just poor management, in my so opinion. So weird. And, yeah, like, especially for them with the position that they were in, the fact that, like, the players that were available between, I want to say maybe spots 5 and, like, 15 were pretty, like, having two picks in there, like, the odds of you getting a good player is 100%. Mm -hmm. So you can move down a little bit in that order and you can still, and yeah, if it's exactly the player that you want, he will be there. I promise you. Yeah. I mean, and, and the coyotes didn't even stop there. The coyotes didn't even stop there. Like they, <laughs> it, they, again, at like, what was their next pick? You said 17, 12 or 11 or 12. I want to say 17 was a jets pick. I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, their yeah, next pick was, was 11 or 12. Eight. They, yeah, they, they were, they were 12. They were 12. Um, man, though, it's, it's always so funny watching as a Jets fan. Cause you're sitting there always at like pick 18 ish. Uh, and you're always just sitting there watching going, okay, please take someone like, please reach on someone so that the good players that I want will, will drop Keep and, falling. Yeah. And every single pick that's taken, that is like, you know, not the status quo in, in, you know, or whatever um is always just like oh my god we might get this guy oh my god we might get this guy oh my god we might get this guy oh my god we every single pick that goes there on were like on six on. guys that i didn't think the jets were gonna have a chance at that i was like we might get him at the time it's giving flashes of 2020 draft when the jets got cole perfetti and yeah. anton lindell was still on the board because it's like what are these teams doing yeah, that was also a weird, a very weird draft. But also, weird. Our, such a fun draft. We we did our first show together uh, after that draft. Did we really? Yeah, that was the first time I was on JCP. Stop! That's so cute. <laughs> uh, no way. Yeah. Shout out, <laughs> Shout out. Um, because I remember we were doing a prospect show, and I was just like, yeah. Uh, from what I like, I knew I knew Cole Perfetti, but I remember being like, yeah, Daniel Torgerson looks all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there were better players available. But Johansson. Yeah, wins. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was the Tyrell, ba Tyrell Bauer draft too. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, Tyrell Bauer. I have been watching a dev camp this week, and I'm like, he doesn't look very good. But then he goes down the little walkway and is like signing autographs with the kids, and I'm like, unfortunately, I have to love him. He's gonna. But... Be, he's gonna be a great AHL captain one day. <laughs> Jamie, holding you. <laughs> no for real um but as far as the draft goes like i think you're 100 right that there are a couple of those picks that were kind of wild it, even in that top 10 like if you keep going like mitch Cobb going at seven made perfect sense and it would have made perfect sense at eight nine ten anywhere that he went like it was the right pick for oh, that yeah, team to absolutely. make arizona but fumbled and like all these things but there's also a lot of discussion going around about how mitch Cobb was like i'm not going to play in arizona or montreal why he would play in philadelphia not those markets i don't fully understand but not my big criticism with that being like, oh, well, you know, it, it, we he wouldn't have came and played for us. It, the, at the end of the day, you still have a, a fucking, like, you still have a, a, a very high uh, asset, like a very good <laughs> asset. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's, it's like yours. Yeah. You, look, you look at like the Lindros thing, like the Lindros, uh, you know, pick at number one from the Nordiques. And he was like, I will not play for the Nordiques. Do not pick me. And then they, they still picked him. He's like, I will not play for you. And they're like, okay, well, we'll trade you for Peter Forsberg uh, and like four other guys that basically set up like the avalanche to have their run in the mid 90s. So like, yeah, but but then it, it, it's giving Pierre-Luc Dubois, right? Where it's like if teams know that that player won't play for you. 
it's still it's still it's an hard. asset. At, at a it's still an asset. No, I get it. And if other if there's gonna be a bidding war about that player, that that's when it changes everything. So and with someone like Mitch Cobb, there would have been. So exactly, exactly. Like you could have very easily pitted, you know, Philadelphia and Washington against each other, and I'm sure two other teams would have been interested also. Um, yeah, like. I don't know. I, it's just, it's just, I, it's still insane to me. I cannot get over with Arizona doing what they did. But it was also yeah. very funny when they picked their second pick, Daniel Boot. Uh, I was watching the like simulcast uh, draft thing on Sportsnet. It was like Colby Armstrong and someone else I can't remember uh, because my cable went out unfortunately right before that it got canceled. So, uh, so I had to watch it on YouTube on this. But they, it was funny because they were doing an interview with uh, with Simashev. While while this pick was happening, they're like, "Oh, who who should they take?" And he was just like, "Uh, they should take uh Daniel Boot. He's uh one of my buddies out from Russia." And then they made the pick, and he was like, what? "Losing his mind." And, and like Colby Armstrong looks over at him, he's like, "Wait, was that the guy you said?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's that that's my buddy. That's my buddy." That's and I'm like, so cute. "It's very cute, but it's also like, come on, man, like make the right picks." Because like, I, no, I know, I, I hate it. Like, too. when was Daniel Boot supposed to go? Like a. Uh, definitely later than 12 <laughs> that's for sure late first round i think i like well i mean it, it's all so subjective but like whatever yeah but no i hated that pick also hated detroit's pick at number nine um Wheat king's captain you are fine with that pick i hate it but i think it's also my whole yeah like i'm same as you like best asset on the board you take it sort of thing and if you're scouting in the whl baby zach benson is right there Zach Benson yeah. is right there. So I, what are we doing here? I don't love the pick, to be clear, because uh, yeah. because of what else was available. But right. I still think they'll they'll get a guy in in him and like in in Nate Danielson who is like actually very good still. And you know what? Yeah. I I to a certain extent trust the Red Wings scouting because they've taken some off the board in quotes off the board picks. Guys like uh oh my god, what's his name? I can literally pick Mart Sider. Uh, was not supposed to go Facts. at six the one year. Uh, they've had yeah, some that was other a ones sweet too. Pick. Um, so so I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And at at the end, at the end of the day, he's a big center who was you know pretty good this past year. So he should be okay. He'll get his chances to to make it into the league. But again, Zach Benson, so so goddamn good. I remember I even just now seeing the Dev Camp videos of him in in Buffalo. Right. And I'm just like that's that's a that's a player i was sitting i was hoping and praying that he would make it to the jets but uh but of course that wouldn't happen because uh buffalo loves just collecting their winnipeg ice prospects like like their infinity stones they got peyton krebs they got matt savoy they got zach benson they're they're building a super team i love it they they went (laughs) they saw the winnipeg ice's total record uh, before they, yeah, obviously, like, <laughs> left and died. Um, and they were like, you know, maybe this team has some good players on it. If they um, sign Nolan Orzik in free agency, they're going to win a Stanley Cup. So, um, Nolan but they, I, I respect them because we were like, oh, the Winnipeg guys don't exist anymore. They do. They just play in Buffalo. Um, but I feel like, you know, we can probably move on from the draft in a little bit. We could talk a little bit about the Jets pick. I, I think... There's so much weirdness that happened in the first round that, or in the first 10 picks that we haven't, like, people don't talk a lot about what happened between picks 10 and 20, but there were so many weird picks in there too. Yeah. Dvorsky, weird pick. Uh, Willander, no. weird pick. Dvorsky? No, divorce. No, 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 no. Dvorsky. Dvorsky's a stud, but. Dvors- no, like that's, okay. that. I was sitting here, I remember talking in our game over chat to the, to the Canucks people and being like, you guys could get Dvorsky here. And like, I, I, I like Dvorsky yeah. a lot. 
Like okay, there, there are other, guess... there are definitely other people to like point and look at. Like I don't think that Samuel Hanzik's going to be that great. Uh, I don't. I think... like the Braden Yeager pick. Like I think that one's really good, and that's like I guess you're right. Yeah, the divorce he went like. I think it's, it's just because I was so bitter about Benson at the time that I was like, that's a shitty pick. Okay, and, and that's really. and that's very fair. And and I and I do agree with you. The Will Under pick is again. There were other, I, why wouldn't you just take Sand and Pelica? Like like again, that's the next. I saw someone. I was so terrified that the Jets because I I really didn't want them to take Sand and Pelica because I was like, that is. Billy Hanala. I was like reading up like, about some of these guys, and I was like, they will ruin him. Yeah. I don't want him. Yeah. And then they took the opposite. So. Well, no, because Detroit Detroit took him right before us, and then again, same thing. Chevy had the, his his Yarmo Kekalina moment of just being like, oh, "Well, gotta go up there to draft Colby Barlow," you know, <laughs> like yeah, he seemed no, super for sure. happy for it. I again, I was at. I, you I, like do you the feel? Colby Barlow pick. I, I I like it too. I, but do you think that that was the best player left on the board at the time that it was taken? I don't know. I don't know because if, for me, I look at like I look at him. I I look at him. I look at Oliver Moore, and I look at Gabe Perot. Like Perot is yeah. the, is the one who I initially was like I would really like them to get him, and I was like, please take Perot. As soon as they picked Barlow, I was a little bit disappointed because yeah. I wanted Perot. Um, but in, in, since, you know, since that time, I've had some time to look into Barlow a little bit more and also, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm allowed to, to change my opinion because my team took a guy, <laughs> you know, I'm allowed to yeah, no, be like, totally. that's my guy. That's my guy. Now I have to support him. Um, but like no. everything I've seen from Colby Barlow, like he's got a wicked shot, which is great for the yes. Jets because they need some fucking scoring. Um, he's a leader. You know, it seems like the Jets are, are drafting for culture now, which they like really are. As long as that doesn't get in the way of of drafting good players, right. I right. think that that's a good thing. And I think that with this pick here, like this was a pick that was like, okay, not only is he going to be, uh, you know, a, a potential future. I've already heard on so many different shows about about him that he's a future captain kind of guy. So it's like. That's maybe the first ever co-captains in the league will be him and Rucker McGrady. Who dude, knows? Dude, seeing him and, and McGrady at Dev okay. Camp, they look sick. That's the one thing oh. I have to say when you're like, it seems like the Jets are really going in like their character moment. And I am so pessimistic about the Jets all the time, but I'm sorry. I have never seen such positive vibes around the Jets like I did this week. Like those guys are on the ice and they are laughing and they are spending all their time talking to fans out on the walk afterwards. Like they are so happy and every single one of them is like chatting with the other and like all like the vibes are really good out there like i'll be real with you they're real yeah. good training right. camp won't be the same i'm sure and it was so funny i was talking to Murat and he's like yeah like you know all these guys aren't jaded about the team the same way like that the current <laughs> just players are and i was like because well, he's right like everyone who's been in that room or part of that team for the last two three years has just been like so disheartened about so many things these guys don't have that same pessimism and stuff like that surrounding it so they shouldn't be you know jaded it, the same way the current jets are but it's just really refreshing and nice and yeah. record mcgurdy and colby barlow are definitely leading the charge on that positive vibes thing and you know what it's probably because they never had to interact with paul maurice as their captain or as their coach that's probably what it's it is that, that, that be... theory <laughs> always but, gotta uh, take jabs um <laughs> so for for the draft there were not a lot of trades that happened during the time, not no player trades really, and maybe in the second day I wasn't. I was just watching the picks. I didn't really see if they announced a couple of trade ups, trade downs, and all that good stuff, whatever. But other things have happened since then. 
And there have been trades since then. Do and you, there have been signings since then. So do you wanna do you wanna touch at all on like the the other picks that just kind of like the the non round one picks really quickly oh, and just be like who yeah, did you no, like? There are, oh yeah, and there are a couple sorry, what did you say? Like like uh, the picks we were we were chatting being like, Oh yeah, like your favorite picks outside of the first round. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a couple I, I made I made a TikTok about it, guys, so that's why I <laughs> go wanted check. to talk about it. Um <laughs> go plug. Um yeah, I thought Again, lots of good players went in the second round. Um, I I had a couple that I really like. Gavin Brindley was one of my favorite picks for sure because he and Adam Fantilli are like best buddies and teammates right now in college. Um, so I I like that pick and I think it's going to be very motivating for both of them to play with each other and also good player. Good um, but I'm always a little bit of a sucker for like a story during the draft like you know when a team yeah. gets drafted by like their or a player like, gets drafted by like their hometown team or something it always just like kind of makes me go Aww. when when um, Ma- when mesar went last year and him and slavkovsky were like oh my god we're i'm playing literally we're playing together you know <laughs> no exactly um and then also like this year i can't remember his name but the last overall pick columbus traded to get that pick and they picked him and he's so excited like it's just you know there are so many things i love anyways um I really like um, the Lucas Dragasevich pick. I think Seattle had a nice draft. Seattle, Seattle had a, a very good draft. I, I really liked a lot of their picks. Speaking of Seattle, um, Thomas Millich from the Thunderbirds. Again, Let's Jets go! picks, I always... <laughs> I love that pick. I love it. I that. love goalies in the late round. He was a world junior goalie. Like I'm surprised he fell as much as he did. I feel like people are a little bit like skeptical because he's an overager and stuff, but like... I don't know. On, I, I like I like your odds at one fifty one on goalies. That's not at all like a, a a. I don't think that that's a bad thing. On overagers is bad for for you know skaters usually because they will have like a very inflated season, but they're like a twenty yeah. year old playing against sixteen year olds. So obviously, mm-hmm. um, and that's why you know I think was it was it Naring uh the Zach Naring pick? Yes. Just, was he the overager that they took? I can't remember. No, he's like or... twelve. Is he not? He's so young. Like, I thought he was a child. Well, the Jets, the Jets took some overager. I was in the. I don't know. I can't remember. It was one of their pick. Oh, it was the Jacob Julian pick. Jacob Julian. That oh, was yeah, no, a brutal I that pick. pick. But the Thomas Millich <laughs> pick, absolutely phenomenal. This guy is a stud. I like. I. I. I you know. I'm not great at. Uh, at you know evaluating goalies when they're younger they say, yeah. all the time um but uh obviously you know we all saw what he did in the in the world juniors we he won the whl championship with the thunderbirds this year obviously it was a good team but i spoke to my cousin uh who is a, a goalie runs like a goalie camp in uh down in birmingham he plays in the sphl played previously whl ahl for a bit uh and he is doing a lot of like coaching and like you know working towards you know uh, you know, representing some some kids, and uh, he was like, "Man, Thomas Millich, like that guy has potential to be an absolute stud." He's like, "Me and my buddies were like, just during the World Juniors, we're just going back and forth, being like, we absolutely love this guy." So I trust him. He's he's a, a very good uh, goaltending mind. He's a bit of a goalie nerd. So uh, I'm I'm super happy with that pick. And again, we potentially the next like Devin Levi in the sense of everyone kind of let him drop a bit because he's a bit smaller. But then everyone now is like, oh my god, he's the next you know the next big goalie for the the Sabers. They don't need to trade for Hellebuck. Blah blah blah. You know this and mm-hmm. that. So. I love that pick. Uh, other picks I liked, I really liked the Andrew pit, uh, the Andrew Crystal pick by uh, totally. by Everyone Washington. Um, there again, I, I agree with you on the Dragovich one. Blah blah blah. This that. 
uh i think that's pretty much it for all the like ones oh and also I... uh just a, a shout out to the chicago blackhawks who got the uh the their their future two centermen in in Connor Bedard and Oliver Moore who are going to absolutely pound the Jets for the next fifteen years. I can't wait to watch them do it every single uh season, whatever, you know. Damn. <laughs> yeah, real. And last thing that I will say, um, like I was just looking at my list, like I really like the Grayson Souchin pick. He's also another Seattle Thunderbird because that team was so stacked. Mm-hmm. WHL was well represented this year. So yep. emotionally, from a personal note, very happy about that. I feel like the OHL always thinks they run circles around everybody for rightful reasons. They have a lot of studs in that league. So like I get it, but uh WHL, we're on the up and ups, baby. It's just the league responding to the the Vegas Golden Knights winning the cup with uh, four Manitobans, you know? Oh my God. Okay, we're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. Let's go. Um, Let's talk about free agency a little bit. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about like the general summer so far, winners and losers kind of at the end. So we won't, you know, specifically say this team won the draft or this team won free agency, but Let's talk about a couple of the deals. Um, like this was a busy July first. Was this not a busier July first than we've seen like in a little while? Like it was crazy. Yeah, especially it was it was pretty busy. But we also had like I'll be honest, like the 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 free agency class was pretty mid for a lot of no, it. So totally. Like, so that's yeah. why I'm like this was a very busy considering how like you know that the teams and the the players that were available. It's like. I don't know, you know, like it, it's surprising how many of these, like obviously everyone's going to get signed, but. Um, yeah, I guess maybe, and maybe it's partially because there weren't like the four or five huge names available that kind of take over people's attention where everyone was mid. So we all kind of like diversified our horizons a little bit to sort of see what everything was happening because there weren't like huge names going yeah. anywhere. Maybe, I don't know. I just came up with that theory right now. But um, right off the top of your head, um, let's just jump right into it. Brady, what was your least favorite deal of the day from the perspective of the team? Like team made the worst signing. I absolute worst signing. Oh, man, that's that's a tough one. I'll be honest with you. Like, it's very funny as a Jets fan. Usually you don't really got to pay a lot of attention on July 1st because, you know, not a whole lot's going on for you. But um, I, I don't have one specific deal. I just need to call into question what is going on in detroit like that's... okay because my least favorite deal is a detroit deal okay so which one is that's it? about the justin hole deal yeah what yeah, is that's, that that's pretty bad <laughs> three years <laughs> three years at 3. justin hole is not that good no 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 no, no. he is he, he's he is not. say bad uh some people uh notably ian tollick might argue with you that he is actually good uh but no i from everyone else Get out of the game if if if, if your analytics are telling you <laughs> that justin hall is good at hockey then analytics are fake well his, his transition numbers are shut, shut up shut up no he's bad he's not good uh when you know i i agree that those things matter but like to a certain extent you're putting the cart before the horse uh yes no 100 there or is no missing the forest for the trees thank you maybe you're good mm. at a couple other things but you're bad at most of them regardless signing a guy who's 31 to a three-year deal with making a raise after like he literally was getting healthy scratched by the end of the that series i want to say like not a good signing and all in all, like I, 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 this is more of a, a grander question. Do we agree with the Iser plan? 
Like, what is going on here? Like, what is happening it, in Detroit? Like, genuinely. I don't understand. Because here's my thing about this whole Wiser plan. Like, um, I know you... <laughs> wiser plan? <laughs> I keep calling it the Wiser plan because I think it's funny because it's, like, the Wiser. Like, it's smarter yeah. and it's Wiser, but it's not. Um, My whole thing with it is that, like... And not with it, just in general with teams. Like, I understand that you can't have an entire team of 21-year-olds and then 22-year-olds and 23-year-olds. But you're very clearly... Like, he's made it public that they're coming out of the rebuild or whatever. But that doesn't mean you sign a 31-year-old defenseman to a contract with term. Like, you need 31-year-old defensemen. I understand that. But not on that deal. And, like, there are a couple other things. Like, I really don't understand, like, what they think is going to be like there like is dylan larkin like is that their guy is that just what they're running with or are they going to wait for is it going to be like lucas raymond and, and moritz cider are going to be their new like kopitar dowdy or whatever i forget i don't even know what i'm saying like i just don't think i fully understand the vision there <laughs> so you know my my big criticism with what ha- with what's going on in detroit is it's just like um like the the justin hall thing is bad but it's even worse when you consider last year they gave four point seven five to Ben Sherratt for yeah. for God knows how many years until he's thirty five, and, and then the Andrew Cobb take is bad too. And yeah, same thing. It's just like I and listen, I get it. You got to fill in guys around. I think they they you know they made a couple of decent deals signing Daniel Sprong to a two million dollar deal. Uh, that's a good deal. That's a guy who probably shouldn't have reached free agency. I don't know why he didn't get qualified. Maybe I think the whole thing was potentially arbitration. Uh, I'm not going to get into that, but one of my favorite deals, though, for sure, too. Like, yeah, like he's that's a good deal. But at the same time, it's like it's filled with a bunch of random ones like Clem Costin. Again, you, you get him for free in that tr- in that cap dump trade from uh, from Edmonton. Yeah. But my my criticism here is. I would have preferred, like, why wouldn't you keep Yamamoto? Like, I think Yamamoto is better than Clem Costin. Uh, and also, isn't Clem Costin going back to the KHL next year? No. No, he, okay. no, he, he, he needed a new deal and he signed. So he's, Oh, he did. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, again, like, um, it just feels like, it, and then, you know, even their goalies, like, they got Reimer as their backup, which I think is Ooh. decent, but, uh, you know, other than the, the he's not a great guy. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Um, but, like, I this team just screams to me um we're out we're coming out of our rebuild a little too quickly like yeah i think they've got some good prospects like again marco casper is a good prospect they've got still elmar Solarblum's gigantic and will be uh you know pretty good going forward uh simon edvinson same thing big but yeah, on the back end they've got some good players but it's just like these deals are gonna be cumbersome like what like why would you yeah. give three years to justin hall uh when like again you have these young guys who are potentially going to come up and be better than him already and then you're just going to get what the jets got ran into of having guys like you know brennan dillon which who i would say is certainly better than justin hall but it's kind of taking up a roster spot and you're like oh can we really take him out to put in this young guy right so i i just don't understand what they're doing like it's it's giving shades of the columbus blue jackets but just with more smaller deals as opposed to less but bigger ones like it's where it's like you sort of see the vision but then they'll make a move and you're like what like it just it's not 100% like I I just don't think I understand what they're trying to do I really don't the one thing I'll say just to end it off is go look at their calf friendly go look at their team just go go look even at their lines on daily faceoff and tell me if that's a team you think that can compete with the Leafs the Bruins the Lightning 
the Sens potentially, the the Montreal Canadiens when all their prospects go, the Buffalo Sabres when all their prospects go. Like, this is a team that is doomed to be right in the middle of the pack, and that is the worst place that you can be. And the issue is the pl- they have players on long-term deals. So you're going to be at the middle of the pack for a while until... And they're on, like, non-tradable long-term yeah, deals. Yeah, like, that's no one a, wants that. Why, why did you have to give a modified no-trade to Justin Hall? Like, what? Genuinely, right? genuinely what? Like, who who, who were you bidding against? Like, the, the Canucks? <laughs> Let the Canucks be stupid. Like, what? Well, like, that's, they that's were, their bit. So. That, the Canucks are stupid. That's their, <laughs> that's their bit. Truly. Uh, as someone who grew up a Canucks fan. Like, that's what they do. Um, well, and they they didn't have... They had their own fair share of terrible defenseman deals this week, too. I hate the Luke... Sh- or Wait, no, they didn't sign Luke Shen. Luke Shen went to the Preds. Um, the Ian Cole deal, I hate. Um, and there are a couple... But, like, the Wings, like, I just don't... We can move on from them, but I, I keep saying the same thing. I just don't get it. What yeah. What's... What are we doing here? But... um. Maybe in like a more positive note, I know you have a couple of teams that you think are, are you know, had some really neat deals. Um, what were some of your favorite deals from uh, the day? All, all in all, just my, I think the team that did the best. And I think that I'm going to, I'm going to say this right now. I think a team that I think is going to be challenging for the cup next year. I don't think it's, it's a big thing to say this, but uh, they are my pick right now to win the cup. It's the Dallas Stars. I'll be honest with you. This team made some pretty, pretty good deals here. Uh, notably, Matt Duchesne, who should not so have became heat. so heat. Like oh. I, again, like I, I understand he maybe wasn't making his worth of eight mil. Um, we'll talk about the Preds shortly, I'm sure, and the fact that they decided to move on from him and Ryan Johansson and blah 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 and this and that. But uh, Matt, and listen, maybe they're trying to turn the corner. But again, we'll we'll talk about them in a minute but matt duchene should not have became a uh, a free agent in my opinion i'm sure someone could have taken him even on just like a uh, uh even if you want to retain like two mil on him like i'm sure a team would have taken him at six if you really wanted to get him off your books and not you know pay a buyout penalty uh but he signs for one year three mil in dallas and that's gonna be dude like they're worth every penny their forward core is was already insane is even better now like looking at this like so nice. up the middle you've got obviously rupe hints is a, a two-way dynamo freaking un- stud unreal. uh you've got you still got where am i looking here you still, uh, obviously now you have matt duchene you've got jamie or not jamie ben uh tyler sagan who you know is kind of up and down but still uh is highest still paid a, player in the league still you a, know <laughs> not exactly but yeah i know what you mean <laughs> Um, and then even on top of that, they sign, you know, the uh, Sam Steele, which I think was love that deal. again, I again, love that just, deal. just a good, you know, depth signing. Great. Love that. Yeah. Um, did they sign anyone on D? I can't remember. No, but their D is already but really, they really lost good. John Klingberg, so that's good. Well, I lost John Klingberg a, a, a year or two ago. Did what? Yeah, because he played on the Ducks last year and then got traded yeah. to the Wild. Um, yeah but i'm just stupid it's fine that's okay but they still Good again Lord. they're they're again their forward core is nuts hints robertson pavelski duchene dadinov say i need ben a pavelski cup March more than i need oxygen yeah i agree like, man joe pavelski what a, the timeless wonder like truly like, truly love truly. that guy like, and i like that's one of those things where it's like you know that meme where it's like 
um oh after two glasses of wine um he thinks we about to get frisky but actually he's about to hear why i think joe pavelski has changed the way that modern hockey players have learned how to shoot <laughs> the puck <laughs> like the impact that he's had on the way like people just offense in general the way defensemen shoot the way people shoot for rebounds the way people shoot for tips like he's just changed everything he's the he's tip. so cool he's the tip boy oh and they also got craig smith again like uh, and they still have guys coming up like why John- like that's a great oh, why team a stud too. that like genuinely such a good team and they're just getting better and again i i think ottinger had a bit of an off year and he still was very good last year like this is that's gonna he'll be, be fine he'll be it's fine. gonna be a good team for a while and i i really like what they did in free agency um yeah, did did you have any any notable teams other than the stars that you wanted to mention on your on your on your winners in quotes? Well, I am interested in the Carolina Hurricanes, just kind of winners in general from I I think they drafted well. They often do though. They they're they're a pretty good late round drafting team. The Michael Bunting deal is weird to me. I can't decide how I feel about it, but that's definitely a player that's going to come into your lineup and and make an impact. So, I like that one um a lot. And yeah. I don't know why else I want to talk about them, but um, I, I feel like the Canes just did some nice little tidy work to sort of Ooh, yeah. stay where they are, you know? Uh, Dimitri Orlov. That's yeah, that's, the that's other one. so hot. That's, that's so nice. It's it's a lot of money, but like for only two years, like that's we need to get to a point here. And I think that right now the cap yeah. is kind of forcing players to take shorter term deals because they're like, I don't want to mm-hmm. sign for eight years and then have the cap go up in two years by right. like four or five mil, um, which we've been saying for like eight years now. But it'll happen at some point. Uh, obviously, least fans' ho- favorite argument. Ho- hopefully, there's no pandemic again. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri Orlov and Michael Bunting, yeah, both both really good. I like the Monk- Michael Bunting one. Again, four point five is totally fine for a guy like that. He's a guy who and can kind of rough. He's stuff so up. Carolina coded, like he really. I know is. what you like, mean. Yeah, I, I I I very much see what you mean by that. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but a couple of other like not necessarily teams like I th- that I think did well, but a couple of deals that I really like. Like I'm not going to say the Bruins did well because I hate a lot of the moves they made, but I love the JVR deal. I yeah. love, 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 love that. Just a year, just a million dollars, like super easy. Um, but that's a player that I wanted so badly at the trade deadline this year. And I think he's still got a lot of impact left. And in a team like Boston, it's not a team where you have to go in and carry the team on your back. You can just be a role player. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what he's going to do. And it's going to be awesome. I love that deal. Um, weird one, maybe off the board. I haven't seen a lot of people talk. I, I like the Eric Johnson deal to the Sabres a lot. Really? I'm really high on the Sabres right now. Um, and I think that that's such a nice piece again, where you can't have a team of 21 year olds. You need a little bit of experience in that lineup. And Eric Johnson, just a year. I think I, I really yeah. like that. And it's 3.25 Eric Johnson. Any, if, if the Sabres are not in a good position this year, any team in the NHL would take Eric Johnson for two million dollars at the trade deadline. Yeah, and he's not going to be—he's not going to be playing a prominent role there. Like again, Dolan no. and Samuelson are their top pair. They still have Owen Power and I guess Yoki Haru or Labushkin. I don't know. Uh, right, and then, and then you get, yeah. exactly. So it's like they—that—that's—that's that's totally fine. And again, the one-year part of it. Again, it's uh, when you're signing a guy who's 35. If it's one year, who cares? It's, 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 exactly. it's, a, it's a shot in the dark it's a dart to see if he can help your team grow uh i i agree with you i do actually really like that one uh and we're gonna and see uh some... the other two that i just wanted to quickly mention 
Um, cause I was saying before, I don't really like to talk too much about deals that are less than a million dollars cause they're just so nothing, uh, on paper that it's like, it doesn't, it's like, Oh, what a terrible deal. And it's like one year, 750 K it's like, it's really not that big of a deal, but I like the abs getting Jonathan drew. And I think that's still a player that has some potential and upside. And for less than a million dollars, like you could get $3 million value out of him. hundred percent. And they're, they're and, reuniting the, the Halifax connection there between him and, uh, let's McKinnon. get after it. <laughs> Nikolai Ehlers went just kidding. No, I, I, I thought <laughs> um, about that and I was like, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> no. And then the last one I will say, and obviously like a little bit biased. It's so interesting. Um, the Blake Wheeler deal, $800,000. It's so funny talking to people because Blake Wheeler is known to be, it's like, Oh, bad defensively and stripped of the captaincy. So people are like, Oh, he sucks. It's like, you're, you couldn't be farther from the truth. Blake, like a team getting Blake Wheeler at half retained would have been probably almost net positive for a $4 million yep. 38 year old defense or like forward. That's how good he is. Like it's not 38. Eight. He's like 30. Isn't he 36? I don't know. Whatever. Isn't he 37. <laughs> he's, I, I, is he turning 38 next year? That was my whole thing. I don't know. I don't know. Cause most of the year is played next Season, oh, he's, like 30, next, he's 36 right now. I thought he was 37. That's my bad. Okay, and, but he's turning 37 in August. So you know what? You're right. I'll give it to you. Okay. You know what? Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I was I was like, he, he can't be that old. He can't saying. be that old. But yeah, I guess he is that old. But, and I will say, I love talking about him. Like he's like freaking geriatric when he's not even four years old. Like it's so, sports are hilarious <laughs> like that. Um, But no, like for $800,000, like that is a player who could easily get 50 points next year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Easily. I, you had, you had a tweet that was like, this could be some really tidy business if he's played on like the third line and like second power play. And it's just like a distributor, which like, yes. if they play him correctly, that's, and that, that, and you know, again, that's always what has been the the criticism from Jets fans has always just been his usage. It's not, you know, totally. we, we, we accepted his, I mean, you know, obviously we criticized the deal when it happened, but then we, you know, have to accept that that's a thing. Uh, right. And then going forward, it was just like, okay, we'll just don't play him uh, like more than 16 minutes a night. Don't play totally. him in the top six. And uh, it was very funny when he got bought out. I had someone text me and be like, what, where's your Blake Wheeler tweets? Like, why aren't you tweeting about him? You know, like, why aren't you like Duncan or anything like dunking on him? Like I previously would have when he was on, when he was on the right. jets. Um, and I was like, I, I don't really want to, like, I, I, I look back on Blake Wheeler. I like him as a, like, I like him as a person. He's a great guy. Uh, and I would say like, I don't put, I don't put the, the issues I have with him and the issues I had with him on the jets. I don't put them on him. I put them on a coach who wasn't able right. to, uh, you know, understand that maybe he was a little bit past his prime. I put that also, you know, the whole locker room stuff on a coach who just kind of left it up to him and didn't really give him much help. Maybe Wheeler should have reached out and been like, we need you to also be part of this or the other teammates should have reached out and been like, this is too much, which obviously it got, you know, to be more than it should have been. But at the end of the day, like that was a player who gave his heart and soul to Winnipeg. And uh, it, it is really sad to see the way it ended because yes, I agreed. for so many years we were like, Blake Wheeler is so underrated. He is our guy. He's he's he bleeds Winnipeg in the sense of like, you know, being underrated, you know, the classic. He, he picks up his lunch pail and he goes to work kind of guy. Yeah. Um, like Oh, a hundred percent. And, uh, and yeah, so it was like, it, it, it was not the time for dunking because that is no. a guy who, uh, again, it, it sucks. And, and even with the whole locker room thing, like sometimes things just kind of get bad. 
Like, like that's they do. That, like, like just think about any relationship you've had with someone. Like, not even like a romantic relationship. Just anything, a friendship, anything. Sometimes people are in the wrong, and and sometimes things just get really toxic and bad between you. And it, it, it's it's so much easier to have inaction than actual action. And again, my frustrations get put more on the organization than the than the te- than him than the team. You know, like so. And I to I'll me, miss him. it's. It's like, okay, maybe with a captain, it's like they're supposed to do this, that, whatever. Like, it's unreasonable to expect any player to, like, not act in their own interest and all these different kinds of things. And, like, selflessness can, you know, you try and exude that as a captain, things like that. But, like, the fact that he had so much autonomy to just, like, and if if he didn't like something, it was, like, the organization just, like, went with... It, it was so weird. Like, it's just, there's so much unknown about that whole situation. But the thing that's clear is that there was buy-in from the org yeah. on certain players and not others. And it just spoiled and got rotten so fast and so like dramatically. So that, like, no, I don't blame Blake Wheeler for a lot of stuff. And you're right. Usage has been the biggest issue. And I said this to my parents and they were like, oh, but I really think he should have been traded like two years ago to yeah. preserve his legacy. Cause I think now people are going to remember the captaincy strip and the buyout more than they're going to remember him being a top five winger in the NHL in 2016. Yeah. Like, you know, so it, it's hard. Um, and you know, we, we won't beat this horse for too long, but good deal for the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all to say is good. Good stuff. I like that. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, speaking of not good stuff though, I do want to talk about a couple of deals that I absolutely hate. Um, I, I brought up Luke Shed. I don't know why. To me, he still plays for the Canucks, even though he hasn't played for them in like a year. Um, it's the same thing. John Klingberg, whatever. Uh, I hate that deal. Luke Shed is not worth three years at almost $3 million. Absolutely not. We're we're going to talk about the... Yeah, so he uh, obviously signing with the Preds, to be clear. Uh, I think we both have some some critiques of, of the, the Nashville Predators. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted it to be very clear that he is now with the Nashville Predators in case you missed it. Yes, no, and apparently <laughs> I did. But yeah, I don't like that deal at all, especially for I don't know what they're doing. Um, we can talk about that. Um, my least favorite deal, I hate the Miles Wood deal more than I hate <laughs> anything. I don't understand. Who is that? Well, the Rachel again? Dory don't give term to role players is so facts, so true. Six years for Miles Wood is crazy who is that crazy. with again the avalanche oh right yes okay i do remember that actually i don't like that deal at all and i also don't like the radko gudis deal and i don't like the alex kalorn deal i know that you are okay I... with the alex kalorn deal but i think between the two of those you can give your explanation and i understand where you're coming from and it did change my perspective a little bit i still don't like it yeah i wouldn't say it's like a great deal or anything like that. I don't love the Radko Gudis one either. You shouldn't be giving three years to Radko Gudis when he's 33 at this point, uh, especially at $4 million. But I would say he's kind of closer to like a $2 million guy. But uh, the Alex Killorn one is not a good deal. Like I, I will I will preface everything I'm going to say with it is not a good deal. Um, but yeah, but things are always more nuanced than that. I understand. So Go forward. but when I look for when I look at it, I'm like, okay, so at this point here, he's getting, you know, 6.25 for four years until he's 37. That is obviously going to age like milk because uh, he already wasn't a great player. Uh, and remember how many years we talked about, oh, the Lightning need to move him, the Lightning need to move him. But with where the uh, with where, where the, the Ducks are at this moment, I don't hate it. They do still need to get to the floor. They have 
almost 30 million dollars in cap space i'm looking at right now um but uh but looking at that like again that'll that'll be done in four years at that point ryan strom's deal is also going to be done in four years um and you're probably going to be giving uh a decent amount of money to trevor zegris either this year because he's currently an rfa i believe um and if you if not if you end up you know wanting to bridge him troy terry is also a rfa right now so they both are either they're going to get paid right now or they're going to get paid in the future um oh wow and even even uh drysdale is also an rfa i believe is he really uh from what i can see yeah yes yes he is yep so they got they got some 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 business to do but regardless i would imagine at least one or two of those guys get bridged um yeah, I'm yeah, sure they I'm sure they'll try to lock Zegers down uh you know for a long term but I can see them bridging Drysdale just to you know make sure they totally. they have what they think they have with him. And uh, if I'm Drysdale I'm taking a bridge too because he hasn't shown his worth yet. Not I, it on his fault, but Yeah, I I completely agree. Um oh, Mason McTavish too. So again, you have a lot of guys who at some point are going to be due for a raise. And I think that the end of Kaloran's deal, as is uh, along with Ryan Strom deal, ending at the same time, are going to kind of line up really well with around times when you need to sign guys. Um, so yeah. whether it's that money is going to be pushed over to you know Zegris, Terry, Drysdale, uh, you know McTavish, uh, at right at the end of those deals. If not, then like you know the, you still have that money coming off the books to potentially you know when those guys are all better and you know uh good good important players on the team um which they already are but even more so um you'll have money to spend on other things and hopefully the ducks can kind of parlay that into being a better team um but they still have to figure out what's going on in goal because john gibson apparently did or didn't request a trade but that was debunked <laughs> but... was it not i if i hear i i feel like until the day John Gibson actually gets traded, I'm not going to listen to anybody talking about John Gibson getting yeah, traded. I'm just tired of it. He's been. We had the same conversation for, for like six years. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> dumb. But no, I, I I fully understand what you're saying, and I do think that like you said, the, the timing of the deal. Like if these were eight year deals for lower AABs, I would still be confused. Like this is better. I I agree with you on that. Like it's fair. Um, My main point I is just, they're I'm, fine. It's whatever. Yeah, the, the, they're fine. The deals I have more more criticism with our uh we're gonna go back to nashville if you if you don't you mind. really want to talk about nashville so let, let's well, get okay into it. Let's i, I just think nashville. that the nashville feeds really well into another team we're gonna want to talk about um but uh but you know barry trots our, 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 our boy barry uh is is doing work in nashville looking at their draft class next year they've got a frick ton of picks so good for them um but uh what the what's going on in in Nashville, are they trying okay, to be good? Are they trying to be? Let's like- do a little timeline here. Yeah, so you know, you got your team right now, which didn't make the playoffs this year. Um, so we got to go in a direction. Um, sounds like they want to rebuild. We get rid of Johansson, get rid of Duchesne. Um, there's someone else I'm missing. I don't know. Um, okay, that's fine. We, we makes tra- sense. Those guys are on a lot. They they're making a lot of money. Just buy them out trade them, whatever. It's fine. But now we're going to sign Ryan O'Reilly. We're going to sign Luke Shen. Like I, I just, I don't understand what they're going for here because again, when you're, when you buy out a like Matt Duchesne is as good, potentially better than Ryan O'Reilly. Like he scored 40 goals like a couple years ago. Like I, I different think player, that, but I guess if you think about it, yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very different player. But I, but my point is like they're, yeah. they're both 
good players. So I don't understand the reason to buy out a Matt Duchesne, take on the buyout penalty for however long. Uh, and then, you know, and he had like, a lot of money and a lot of years or he, a couple years left. Yeah. Like, like that's it, a big buyout. It's like 2.5 next year. It's 5.5, then 6.5, then 1.5, 1.5, That's bad. So it's like, that's, so bad. that's a lot of, of money, a lot of money, yeah. uh, <laughs> to be paying a guy to not play for your team. They still have retained money on, uh, on Matthias Ekholm. They have, right. Uh, right. they have dead cap also on, uh, Ryan Johansson. Yeah. Uh, they still have, they're still paying Kyle Turris from when they paid him out. So like, listen, I understand. Uh, I, I would not be against this Ryan O'Reilly deal if it were one year, even two years, even two years. I'd be like, listen, you got to have guys. Hopefully he's, he's there to teach, you know, Cody glass, the next, the next guys who are coming up, which I don't even know who their prospects are. They don't have also signed. Also good deal. Just FYI. Who? The Cody glass deal. Oh yes. Cody yes. Glass. Yes. Yes. Very good. I like that. Um, but like, what are they, like, they just look like they're doing the, like, we are trying to be competitive, but like, you know, I, I'll criticize the Jets for trying to be competitive, but it looks like they're actually going to be decently competitive next year. So yeah, something silly could might happen. Who knows? Um, and also, I think the Jets have a, a big prospect pool they can fall back on. But totally. looking at here, like Ryan O'Reilly for four years at 4.5, like that deal is going to take him till likely, most likely like the end of his career, probably like he's 32 right now. So it'll be 36 when that ends. And that. Yeah. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly might be a guy who can stretch it into you know the late late thirties, but I, I don't think he is. I don't know because he's had some injuries, but uh, it, it just doesn't really make sense. And even like on their D side of things, like they lost again. Like I said, they lost Ekholm, and yet they still have Tyson Berry. I don't. They didn't re-sign him, did they? I don't think Tyson so. Berry or, or like he. This is a deal they. Okay, yeah. Nah. So, sorry, this is still the same deal from when he was in. Uh, uh, whatever that place is uh, out west, Edmonton. Um, <laughs> but like, he got married yesterday. Oh yeah, I saw that, and everyone, yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> the, the photo is wild. Um, but like, what's going on? Like their decor is so mid. Like Yossi, great. McDonough, all right, old. Uh, Barry, mid to bad. Luke Shen, mid. Like, and then other than that, that like Dante Fabro again, mid. At this point in his career, like mid, yeah, this team is just a bunch of mid and UC Saros. Like, well, right, exactly. And then with UC Saros, it's like, like to me, you want to be good right now because UC Saros is able to do so. Like, there, he's Connor Hellebucking them, right? Where it's like yeah. you can make a good team great or a bad team good when you have a goaltender like that. So, why are you putting all this money into buyouts of players who are still effective right now? Yeah, it's it's kind of like putting hands into both cookie jars, right? So like exactly, I, I, I just that's that's my main thing. And again, we love half measures in this league. It's so cool. Uh, we the love new it. we we need a name for the new Iser plan for for Barry because I don't understand what he's up to. Uh, I'll I'm gonna ponder that, and we'll 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 come back to that later. I think. Um, from there, I want to just what my fun. I think this will we'll probably wrap up the free agency kind of talk here shortly. Um, but I think that it is important. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about the center of the universe, the Toronto Maple Leafs, 
uh, because again, I wanted to talk about the Preds because this also leads into the Leafs. Because Ryan O'Reilly was offered. No, the I same, understand where you're going with this. The yeah. Ryan, O'Re- Ryan O'Reilly was offered the same deal by the Leafs, and he chose to go to whatever the fuck is going on in Nashville. Um, overplaying. I too for, want to live in Nashville, so I get it. I get it, but also at the same time, it's and I guess he's already won his cup, so he doesn't need to go for it. But like, it, it was very funny. Someone pointed out to me that like in his post game like presser or whatever when the Leafs got out he was talking very like in the past kind of thing uh was not talking like in the future sense um so it's very very interesting to me that he decided to go there rather than uh you know play for a better team in uh in Toronto um but you know mm-hmm. that's his prerogative maybe he wants to look, make a little bit more money because you know the whole no tax blah 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 this and that well you know but I want to talk Leafs a little bit because the day one was uh, pretty funny, pretty funny for the Leafs. Uh, Yeah, it was not 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 a good day. It did not. Brad Brad did not make a good first impression. First, the Easton Cohen draft, and then yeah, signing nobody was was interesting. It was quite the play. Which, like, well, no, he did sign some people on the first day. That they were some inter- they were very weird. But we'll we'll get that. oh the Ryan Reeves deal. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't bring this up. I yeah. can't believe I didn't bring this up. That's actually way worse than the Miles Wood deal. Sorry, <laughs> terrible. Um, <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, like it's, even going back to the Calvin pick, like he was supposed to be like a third round draft. I think the highest person had him like was like a late, like an early second round pick. Anyways, not we passed the draft part. That was insane, but apparently he <laughs> might be better than we think, but who cares? I'm, I don't care. I don't care about the Leafs prospects. I don't These care. kids are 17. They're yeah. all going to be better or worse than we think. Who cares? <laughs> really? <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? Um, but no, yeah. So so first day one, they get Ryan Reeves. And uh, in Ryan Reeves, uh, first off, three years, 1.35 mil. He's 36 years old. I think it makes sense in certain ways. Uh, d- did you see him like doing his interview talking about signing with the Leafs and he was like no. he was like I like you know like I like to be the guy who like make sure it's like you know if we're going out on the road we're going out to dinner everyone's oh, gonna be yeah, at yeah. dinner you know I make sure that you know I'll organize a party with like make sure everyone's there very clearly they said to him they were like we need you to hold this fucking team together because everyone is right. chomp is he's kind of the, like I feel like things are getting really like sassy and like kind of like um yeah oh what's the oh god uh like a little passive aggressive between all the players there especially with all the Willie stuff now too because like yeah. he's not going to take a discount which he shouldn't because no one else took a discount uh right. if I were him I'd be like why am I the one taking a discount I've already taken a discount right. for x amount of years uh you know so <laughs> it's it's just very interesting to me that they do this Reeves deal. Uh, They're so cash strapped. They're so, 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 so cash strapped. It's, it's the fact that it's for three years. And like, I, I get yeah. it. I get that they're like, again, the market dictates the price. You know, if there were other teams being like, we're giving him, we're offering the same deal and he would rather go there. You know, that it is what he it is. is. They're Matt Hendricks. He, he's their, uh, no, he's their, uh, their Matt Martin, Matt Martin 2.0. But except the, this this team is in a very different spot than when they signed Matt Martin. Um, so very interesting there. And then they signed also John Klingberg again. It's only a one year, four point one five. But like, Insane. I just don't, I just don't get it personally. Because I look they at this have team, a better John Klingberg, and his name is Morgan Riley. Exactly, and he's fine. <laughs> exactly, and like John Klingberg is like one of like if not the worst defensive, def- de- sorry, defenseman defensively. He's like one of the worst, if not the worst. I believe he actually is the worst by metrics. Uh, by worst defense. 
I believe I can't remember who exactly who it was. I think it was probably the like Jay Fresh's stuff, as yeah. well as uh, Evolving Wild. I think also had them. Uh, I had him as trust Evolving Wild with my life. So that's fair. Fair. Um, <laughs> well, I guess it's Evolving Hockey, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, regardless. I just don't get it because this kind of rings to rings like a bit of the like oh Tyson Berry uh, alarm yeah <laughs> you know yeah it just feels weird and then and then also at the same time I look at their decor and it's like Lilgren can be their their second power play guy totally and, like, and I was talking to like m- my Leafs buddies and they're like man do you, do you think that maybe the maybe the Leafs should go like two D on their power play and I'm like what the fu- what are you talking about. Like, why would they want to do that? They have Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, uh, and some other guys who they just signed, which we'll talk about in a minute. But, like, why would they go 2D? Like, that makes no goddamn sense. I don't understand it. Maybe they want to put Riley in in less of a – in more of a a two-way position, see if he can do that. But, like, I I don't know. We'll see what happens when the season comes. But uh, those two deals – thing about the John Klingberg is the only thing and it's not a very Brad for living thing to me it's more of a Cal Dubas thing like the only way I could respect it would be if they're just like trying to go all in and be like we are going to score the most goals in the NHL yeah like I, that's- if that's what they're trying to do I'd be okay with it but they signed Ryan Reeves for three years that's obviously not what they're trying to do like they're still trying to be a normal hockey team um I, I have some respect for those teams that just like kind of go all in on something like it's it's whatever but that's not cohesive enough across the rest of what they're doing for me to have any faith in it whatsoever you know yeah i I completely agree um and then you know just to this i think this will probably be our last thing we talk about re uh you know free agency but uh they at least had a better day too that that's that's for sure on day two they do make a couple good signings with tyler bertuzzi uh signing for 5.5 for one year uh i think that that's a situation where he's like i don't want to sign long term because i want to have a good year and again cash in when the cap goes up in quotes yeah um so good on them for recognizing that he's he's gonna be really good for them too he's i consider him michael bunting but better uh, yeah, is the way I see it. And I think that, you know, I think they had to move on from bunting because he kind of got into a really weird spot. But, uh, you know, with like the officials, that and was this so and that. weird. Yeah. Um, but anyways, regardless, uh, you know, moving on from that, they get Max Domi, which, again, I, I think is is Mm-mm. you don't like it. I don't like the Max Domi deal. I, I that's a player to me that. He's interesting because I feel like he's not as good like it's giving Blake Wheeler in the sense it's like maybe third line this that whatever like I I just think that he's okay but people are making him sound better than he is which makes me worry that they're gonna make him play a role that's beyond his pay grade slash capability and he's going to not be super effective I think he has potential I just don't think he's going to be as good as people seem to be thinking this deal is going to be for them, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's good because, like, first off, it seems like he wants to be a, you know, like a Leaf. He wants to be a Leaf there. He only signed for one year, but I feel like it's pretty. he seems pretty candid on he wants to stay a Leaf because he's kind of bounced around. He would like to find a little more stability. Um, But, like, I don't know. I look at them and I'm like, okay, either they play him on the second line with, like, Tavares and, and Willie, assuming they don't trade Willie right away. Uh, or they play him on the third line and they like put Matt Nyes in the top four in the top six or like, so like, I think that that's totally a fine depth scoring option. He's, 
not great defensively, but I think that the, you know, the, the Leafs have good defensive players in their bottom six. Like David Kampf is one of the better defensive forwards. I think Cali Yarncroft is, is still pretty good defensively. Um, so I, I, I don't hate it. I think that that's a death scoring guy. I almost look at it kind of like, uh, a, a much better version of like Sam Gagne signing with the Jets, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. you know, all in all, probably not a guy you want to have in your top six, but like if you need to, you can bump him up. Um, yeah. No, and, I guess that's fair. You know, he's all right in the bottom six. It's, and I think it, it's the kind of thing where it's like after the day one that they had where they lost a couple of yeah. players and all those kinds of things, it's like, it's not a bad deal. So sometimes that's what you want. It's just not a bad deal. Exactly. And again, one year, you can so, never go wrong with a one year. If, yeah. If they're bad this year somehow, you sell them off. Or if they don't like it. Can't him, wait for them off. to sign Jonathan Taves. And then. Is he going to retire? Uh, I hope he retires. I hope he retires too. Um, but, goodbye. Rip Bozo. Rip Bozo. Um, <laughs> Man, we've, we've, we've been going on already for like an hour and 10 minutes. Christ. Oh my lord in heaven. Uh so yeah, so we do we wanna what's next? Do you wanna, do you wanna rip puck doku to wrap rip, up? Rip, the... rip, a, rip a little puck puck doku? Rip a little puck doku. We won't we won't get into too much. There's some foreshadowing we could do about some future um deals on the horizon. Still a couple players left to be traded, but you know what? Maybe we'll save that for a rainy day and we'll we'll do a little puck doku today. For those of you who are unfamiliar, puck doku is a three by three grid um, that leaves nine squares that you have to fill in in nine tries. And on each X and Y axis, there is either a team or a characteristic about a player. Uh, and you have to find someone that fits the bill in that particular quadrant. So if it's this team and this many points in a season, it's a player that scored that many points with that team. If it's two teams, someone who's played for both. And you only get one try for each square, which is a lot of pressure. But Brady and I are going to try and do it today. I haven't done my puck doku yet today. So I don't know how good Brady is at editing. I guess we're about to find out. Um, we did the puck doku, but it took us a long time. You should go to our YouTube channel and watch us do it because it was excruciatingly bad. Like, honestly, like, I couldn't have scripted a more excruciating puck doku <laughs> battle. Like, you have to watch it for yourself. You got to get the full experience. Um, so Brady will have that up on our YouTube channel where we're going to go through it. Spoiler alert, we got them all. We Eventually. Did. Eventually. Just, just took us a minute. Um, but thank you so much for listening to our episode this week of Can't Teach That's a Hockey Podcast. A very fun. Lots going on. Lots to talk about. We could have talked about tons more stuff. Um... But yeah, we will be back in the next couple of weeks when things happen. I can't believe we didn't even talk about the pre-elected blood trade at all. It's just, it feels like so much has happened between then. We, we already kind of touched on it too. Like we already, we, I know, we just, I, we did an episode like two days before it actually happened. So like we basically knew what the return was already because that whole Velarde Iafalo return was rumored for like days before. So we talked about it. We got the whole nine. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it that we have for today. We will be back when fun trades drop or if anything interesting happens in the league over the next couple of months. I feel like we can expect it to be quiet-ish. I think the most exciting stuff from the year has already happened. But when Eric Carlson gets traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins, we will be here to talk about it. And make sure to to subscribe to our YouTube because we might be Please. we might do a couple of things that aren't only audio based in the in the future. We might do again, some some fun puck doku stuff together again. Maybe a, a puck doku race of sorts or something else. Uh, maybe some other random videos that aren't very audio based. So make sure you are subscribed there. 
if you are a YouTube person, because uh, we'll probably be doing some stuff there throughout the summer because uh, it's it's a little easier to do random fun things uh, through video rather than audio. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, as Liz was saying, thank you all. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. It was a lot of fun today. Liz, final closing remarks. <laughs> yeah, because Brady doesn't like wrapping up the show. He's like, I'm, I'm terrible so at this. It. I'm terrible okay. at this. It's okay. And I didn't even come up with anything to say either. But like Brady said, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you're following on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your show so you never miss when we drop. And Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have nothing else to say. I'm bad at these two. It's all good. And we will see you guys next time on our show. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Cheers. Enjoy your summer. <laughs>